Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. Hey, welcome back to this special brew segment of the Creative Brew. Today, um, this podcast is actually a recorded podcast, and I actually brought on my wife, Heather. So uh, I keep messing with her about trying to get on, my, uh, get on the podcast, and finally, um, she was able to uh, you know, jump on there, and she actually did an interview on me, so it was pretty cool, um, and, and she was a great host, and she was able to, to ask great questions, and at the same time, too, you know, we got a little, little bit emotional uh, in certain parts. So, you know, just, just take in mind that, um, especially, you know, with, with certain things and just life in general. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Uh, all the things that I've done and accomplished and, and things that I'm still doing now. Uh, I find myself still repivoting and, and still sort of course correcting and understanding that with everything, it's a process. Uh, everything is a journey. Uh, you're going to have those side quests, those side trails, and eventually you'll get to where you need to go. Um, so in this episode, I talked briefly about the concept of breadcrumbs and understanding that uh, life gives us breadcrumbs all the time. That it, life tells us where we need to go, and sometimes we sort of derail off that trail. Uh, but sooner or later, if you're open to it, if you're open to the uh, to a different perspective, and you're open to just Understanding that, you know, you've been given incredible gifts and talents. Um, your job is to, um, you know, release that to the, to the world in some form or fashion. Express that to the world in some way. So check this episode out. Let me know what you think. As always, please subscribe, share, comment, and uh, everything helps. And then if you want to support the show, different ways of doing that, you can go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the creative brew. But other than that, without further ado, I'll let you check out this episode titled, Let Me Introduce Myself. Episodes, and today we have my wife Heather onto the show, and she's actually going to flip it a little bit, and she's going to ask me some questions about everything that uh, go, that's going on between uh, the podcast, between length of design, and everything else in between. So without further ado, I'll let her run with, the, run with it, and um, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> Thanks, Quintel. Um, we kind of came up with this idea to, to flip the, uh, the podcast somewhat as a result of um, continuing to see people and meet people that recognize him from his podcast where we go out to different events here in Oceanside. And a uh, majority feel like that is the only thing that he does is the podcast, which is somewhat comical to me. And I felt like maybe even though he's done interviews on other podcast shows, his audience may not have caught those interviews and are not aware of um, the plethora of things that he accomplishes on a daily basis. So I thought it may be a good idea so that his listeners are able to hear those things and understand a little bit more about um, who he is as a person outside of a podcaster. So I have a few items here that I was going to bring up and go through uh, of his past and current and we'll get some input from him on that journey and see where it takes us. So I have uh, Quinto has a graphic design degree. He graduated from 
University of Tennessee, Chattanooga in 2003. He had multiple scholarships, 100 black men, Boys and Girls Club, Waterman Shell Memorial, as well as a wrestling scholarship. He was in the Southern Conference Championship, two-time finalist, and National Qualifier Division I. Now, I'm not sure how many people are aware um, of the competition in the Southeast wrestling, basically the East Coast, and how difficult it is uh, to be a college athlete. Uh, and so I wanted Quintel to kind of explain that aspect of um, his life and what it was like. I know that it's difficult for athletes uh, and the demands that they have as far as keeping scholarships when it comes to sports, uh, as well as keeping the grades to be able to stay in school. And Quanto had a very demanding uh, degree that he was pursuing. So what was that like, Quintel? for you to, um, what did your day consist of when you were in college, uh, morning till night, and the pressures and the demands and the time constraints? It was hard. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. It, it, was, it was pretty demanding. I think that's for many, you know, college athletes that's, you know, looking to, uh, you know, pursue their degree in, in college. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was equally, I, I would say, I'm not going to be biased, but I, I think it was a little, little bit harder um, even pursuing an um, art and design degree because the way the, um, the, the classes were set up, it's not set up as regular, um, you know, and like I said, no, I'm not putting down any, any other degree, but the, the hours are set up different to where, you know, we have to have studio hours, or we have to have a certain number of hours, so um, being able to uh, create designs or artwork um, you know, required us to be to, to be in certain studio hours a little bit longer, um, sometimes an hour and a half um, with, with classes. Um, so, it was, you know, like I said, it was a, a lot more, um, actually a lot, a lot more things that we, we needed to do um, as far as pre uh, preparing our portfolio, um, getting projects um, done in time. And then at the same time, back then, um, I, I think if, you know, fast forward to now where, you know, we do have access to, you know, social media, to online, you know, uh, cloud storage, to, you know, laptops and iPads. We really didn't have all that. I mean, all that stuff was really starting to uh, kick up then um, with the uh, with the computers and desktop publishing. So the only time we actually were able to, you know, do our projects was we had to be there at the, at the lab, uh, at the studio. Um, I think now it's, I would feel like it's probably easier because everybody has access to laptops and, you know, hard drives and you can do your work wherever. Um, we really didn't have that. And um, so that was, that was something that was equally just as um, demanding. And then aside from that, uh, being, a, uh, being a college athlete, um, you know, and having a scholarship in that and the demands that, um, that was required to, to not only you know, be competitive, but be competitive, you know, as, you know, looking to, to maybe start varsity or things like that. So that was a whole, uh, a whole nother thing unto itself. So, you know, having, being able to, to balance that out and manage that out, um, you know, dealing with, um, specifically with wrestling, you know, you, you have to be at a certain weight and dealing with, you know, nutritional stuff and, and uh, weight issues and, um, you know, having the, you know, 
getting getting in your training, um, it can be tough. And I know that personally, uh, for a lot a lot of the people, actually a, a couple of the wrestlers that I knew that were in my um, design program, um, both of them had quit. Uh, so I knew the the statistics were <laughs> were very low on me actually completing this this design degree um, because it was so demanding, uh, especially when you get into the junior and senior level. Um, you know, classes and, uh, you know, uh, and aside from that, you know, starting varsity on, uh, on a, you know, division one collegiate team, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, I was stubborn enough to, you know, to keep going forward because it was, it was definitely pretty hard. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that I was able to, uh, you know, complete both and, and, you know, do relatively well. I mean, obviously, I can look back and say, you know, I wish I could have done better. But, you know, for what it was, I was glad for the experience, and and I really feel like those those things, um, you know, help mold you to, uh, you know, for for future for future opportunities or future things that may come, um, you know, successes or challenges. Yeah, I think there's lots of things that we can look back and wish we would have a do-over. Um, I, I can remember, you know, the, the days starting about 4.30 and uh, you driving to Chattanooga for the morning workouts before class and then you're in class all day and then you have practice in the afternoon and then, you know, either being in a lab or coming home and starting homework and just various art paraphernalia, wood chips. I, I don't even think there was a lot done on graphic tablets in school at that time. So it was really physical things, pictures you would have to actually go get developed. I can remember the black and whites that you were doing. Um, I mean, as well as you, you're talking about your junior, senior year and just the pressures of your classes get more difficult. Um, so does the pressure of, of competing. You know, you have the young guys coming in and it's it's a constant um, battle to, to stay in a certain position, you know, and just the, the mental toughness that it takes to keep all of those things um, separate but a focus you know so that you don't slip in a certain area because you start slipping academically then you can't wrestle and you start slipping wrestling wise and you could lose your scholarship so I mean it's a lot for you know young people at that age um, to contend with and if you um, have the opportunity now to say things to people that are currently um, college athletes uh, now that you've been there and you're done with it and you know if you could tell your old self, you know, something that you think may resonate at that time, you know, at that age, what would that be? Mm, good question. Uh, I would probably, I'd probably say just keep, you know, keep going forward. Um, it's going to be hard. I mean, especially if, you know, depending on if there's something that you, you know that you love to do and you've always been passionate about, um, you know, um, you know, for for me, I've always, you know, you know, loved being in athletics. I, I've I've loved sports all my life, and I love you know I love art and you know creativity and design. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those where I I had to be. I think for me, I had to figure out ways of balancing out. As, as much as I could, um, I think, um, you know, I felt like sooner or later one was going to give, uh, you know, was going to take over the other. Um, but 
you know, probably the one of the things I could probably tell, you know, either, you know, younger people that's coming in, maybe they're doing sports and, you know, wanting to get into a degree or a, or a program they love, or maybe even, you know, my younger self is just um, learning to become a master of your time and energy. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things um, I can tell anyone is, uh, you know, knowing what to focus your, your time on and, and knowing that, you know, you, you, you're going to have a lot of things hitting you at the same time and you have to figure out ways of, um, you know, managing. I'm not going to say it's going to be balanced, um, but you have to figure out ways of managing all the things that's that's going on um, to where you can have a, you know, productive day or, or, you know, being able to productively, you know, you know, go along and, and do the things that, that you need that's going to be required of you. Um, you know, become a master of that. You know, I, I think, you know, for, for me, or even for even college athletes, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people, especially if you notice top-level athletes, um, you know, they don't have much of a, uh, you know, social life in college. You know, they got they, they're pretty much like a full-time athlete that happens to be in college. Um, so a lot of them are, are training. Um, they're, you know, they're taking care of their academics. Um, you know, obviously they've got other things that may be required of them through, you know, through the athletic program or, or through the program or the degree that they're pursuing. But uh, other than that, I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's just you don't have time for, for everything. Uh, I think that's the one thing you need to really consider is – you know, you can either, you know, learn to be a master of, of your time and energy and, and sort of focus on the things that they're going to help you out. Um, or you can, you know, have no plan at all. And then one thing, one thing or, or another is going to fall to the wayside. You know, you can be an athlete and you can be a really great athlete, but your academics are horrible. Um, you're not going to be there too long. Um, or if you're, you know, looking to uh, be in the, the the college atmosphere and and go to all the parties um sooner or later either your academics gonna leave or you're gonna get kicked off the team sooner or later um so it's just one of those where you know you really need to consider you know when you go in there you know what are your goals what are you you know what are you striving after and learning how to manage all the things that uh that's going to hit you because you know once you get out of high school you're you know your parents for the most for the most part your parents aren't going to be there and you really need to learn how to uh, you know manage your time manage your energy and you know just make the your, the best choices possible uh, you know it would be cool if you had mentors and people that's going to guide you sometimes you're just you're there by yourself and you have to make a decision quick um, hopefully you make the right decisions uh, or you make the best decision based off of that circumstance but that's what i can tell you Thank you. And I think it's a little bit different now. Um, you know, there probably are a lot more um, assistance out there as far as, um, you know, mental health has, uh, you know, kind of um, had its own come out party. And, you know, it's been realized and, you know, supported. And, you know, I think that a lot of the athletes maybe have that as well. It just really wasn't available at the time that you were in school. Yeah, I can, I can name a, a bunch <laughs> of people that should have been, <laughs> should have been in some kind of mental health program. Yeah, that's a good uh, show. <laughs> 
But I think your, your, your mental health was like, what, basketball and running? Maybe that was your outlet back in the day. And drawing? True. That's still your outlet. Um, okay, so that, that's college. So after college, um, you know, you trying to find a job, uh, decided to start your own business. Uh, so that is when Langford Design had gotten established in 2007. Um, it's for brand identity and development, marketing and merchandising. And I know um, a lot of people may not understand the dynamics of design and what that actually entails, you know, because there are so many platforms out there that they can just do it themselves. And that's great. A lot of them are very user-friendly and less expensive. Um, but can you maybe touch on the difference, also the downfall, uh, the negative aspects of doing it that way on your own, uh, problems that could arise that you could run into, um, versus uh, hiring someone um, like you to get their business company um, going as far as uh, what they're trying to accomplish with whatever outlet and audience they're trying to attract. Yeah, um, I, I think with the you know democracy. Uh, democratization of of design now and and having those those resources um, available to uh, to the public. I mean, I, I feel like anybody can be you know creative. I mean, if you want to be able to you know design your own little thing. I mean, I, I you know I'm supportive supportive of that. Um, at the same time, too, there's you know you, there's still a stark difference between you know someone that's you know, dabbling or maybe someone that's, you know, hey, they get on, on there and they just create their own flyer. Um, that's great as opposed to someone that is a, um, you know, a practitioner in, in design and communication and knowing um, knowing the rules and knowing what works and what doesn't work, um, understanding trends, um, understanding uh, typography, understanding color, uh, balance, uh, uh, you know all those things. Um, understanding uh, the the grid structure layouts, um, you have to be able to know all those all those things um, in order to create um, you know really to create professional uh, professional designs. Um, what happens a lot of times is when a lot of people you know use these programs, or maybe someone that you know maybe they have no clue about design altogether, but they go in there and on certain programs and they uh, produce these, um, they really have, for me personally, they, I think they need to understand the rules of design that, and doing, doing so would allow them to be able to create, um, create their own, you know, sort of unique designs. Um, so what, what do you mean by rule? What, what's an example of when you're referring to rules of design? What, what's a... Um, yeah, I mean, knowing, uh, understanding you know what you can do with uh, with weight, balance, scale. Um, understanding that um, that any layout that you see um, has some kind of supporting um, grid um, layout to it. So understanding how certain specific elements are placed um, as opposed to, to others. So you you may have uh, specific text balanced out with a specific image. Um, there's a reason why it's it's laid out in certain ways to uh, to balance out. Um, the space and allows the, the the viewer or whoever that's that's viewing the piece be able to uh, it's able for them it, they're able to go through the piece or through the design and it clearly communicates what 
um, you know, with a designer, we want to be able to communicate uh, an ideal uh, or a concept without getting too busy. So what happens is when uh, you, you have a lot of people that maybe they design their own thing and they want to put all the information in there, um, we call that being, being too busy. Being too busy. Um, so with, um, with a specific consumer or someone that may see that design, it may be too much information um, or too much white noise for people to de 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 um, decipher and understand what, you know, maybe try to go through like what's the most important things on this, you know, on this design, like what is this marketing to me um, and understanding that. So sometimes, you know, simple is better, you know, understanding, hey, maybe you have a, a really compelling image and then maybe you have, um, you know, one or two, um, you know, pieces of, uh, of, of type to go along with that. Um, understanding like that, that's just as powerful uh, when people may feel like, well, that's just sort of plain. That may be just as powerful if done correctly than you putting everything under the sun on one design piece because now it's hard to dis decipher or hard, hard to, uh, for someone to understand, you know, like what, what, I'm, what are you actually marketing and then what's the most, what's the most important things. Um, so understanding those rules, uh, understanding that, that color can directly influence someone's um, psychology um, as far as how they view a piece or how they, even when they pick up a, you know, a, a shirt design or when they see a logo, um, those specific colors, um, you know, have a specific emotional um, connection, connection to it. So when they see something like the, uh, like Apple or something like Nike, um, where it's got a more iconic uh, feel to it, that's what, you know, there are certain emotional things that that connotate um, that that connects with that with that Nike brand. Um, you know, even when they see something with a um, you know alcohol brand or something like that, there's specific colors that um, that are tied to those to those brands. And, and people, um, you know, just through marketing and advertising, people automatically um, recognize um, you know those those colors, and those brands, and then that gives some kind of a emotional value to it um with so with me that's what i'm i'm big on is is figuring out ways of um creating a a story um our identity around a brand and being able for for people to um connect with that through some form or fashion um so um yeah i mean and i i think when you know when, when people you know, create these little things, or maybe they're just creating some kind of stock logo. Um, you know, it's just one of those where, to me personally, um, if I see someone do that and they put that out there, then odds are someone's someone's got that same sort of ideal, and you know, they can someone else can use that same stock logo and then put it on theirs. So it's not technically theirs then. Um, in yeah, in that respect, yeah, no, yeah, technically is is not really theirs. I mean, it's it's one of those to where, um, it's, you know, I try to create things or I try to create um, identities that's uh, representative of that client, and it tells. I want to be able to tell a story in a four-inch container, which is probably about the size of what your logo is going to be placed on, um, and it's really hard to do that. So being able to um, share someone's vision or their mission uh, or what they do within a four-inch container, um, that's something that's 
um, that that's really hard. And you know, seasoned, you know, designers and and brand identity experts. There, you know, like I said, they do that all the time with their um, with their clients. Um, you know, someone that's just you know creating a logo. Um, you know, from something that, like I said, it's. I mean, that's good. You're able to do that. You know, it definitely knocks off the price for you to be able to do that. But at the same time, too, odds are someone probably has that same ideal and is probably going to use the same image that you have and just put something else on there. Um, I don't feel like that really represents who you are as a company or brand. Um, and I wouldn't want a customer or someone to come in and be like, well, I just saw the same, you know, design on something else. Um, I just feel like your, your brand could be represented uh, represent it in a more uh, compelling and unique fashion. Well, can you explain really quick? I know that um, a lot of times when someone's getting ready to start a business or start a different part of a business, you know, they need a logo. And I know you've kind of gone uh, rounds with um, with people regarding they want a logo, but they really haven't considered the branding aspect of it. Uh, and things that you run into when people want logos of different businesses and they haven't really thought through all the dynamics of the business to know how they want to be represented and that kind of gets into more the branding than just in my mind a picture or yeah, a symbol. I, yeah, the yeah, the logo is all it, all that is is the the main physical container of your actual brand. So when people say they want um want a a logo then you really need to consider like what okay that's good but are you actually needing like a brand identity are you needing brand development um are you needing to figure out like what your brand character is you know what um what is your 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 brand your your vision uh, what's the story behind um behind your whole brand the logo is just a physical container of, of all the little intrinsic uh qualities um or the brand DNA um, that's inside of a company, um, that logo is just the physical representation of it. Um, yeah, there's different ways of, of creating and stylizing a, a, a logo to sort of fit your company, but at the same time too, you have to go back and sort of understand, you know, like why, um, you know, why are we in this business? You know, what do we do? What's our story? Um, so even when you think of um, Apple, for example, you think of Apple, um, you know, why do they create um, the, the logo by Apple? Um, it's not, yeah, that they use that, <laughs> that name for the company, but at the same time too, it's actually the, the little bitten part on the Apple represents a byte, um, like a computer byte. So, um, and like I said, not a lot of people may know that, uh, a lot of season designers, they, they know that, but understanding that, you know, your logo is going to be representative. And even the logo they have now has vastly evolved from what it started out with. It used to be Apple computers. Now it's just evolved to more Apple because they encompass so many other things. So understanding that your brand is going to be evolving um, through the course of, of years, the more that you add on certain services or maybe you add on different products or businesses, um, you have to uh, understand and be willing to um to uh to evolve with that um so i think when people say they want a logo it's not like i said i think sometimes they can be confused and understanding well you may actually need a a brand a brand identity um to sort of share the story of what 
that logo represents, um, which can be, you know, sometimes that can be a lot of, a lot of work. Um, so it's just one of those where, yeah, someone can make a, a trendy little logo. Um, that's great, but at the same time, too, what happens and what's hap happens uh, a lot of times is that, you know, when you go, um, when you make some kind of little trendy logo and something that, you know, to your, with, uh, with people say, hey, it looks cool. Um, is it really representative of your brand and where it's going to evolve to uh, in the next 10 years? Because what's going to happen is if you have to redesign this logo and you go to someone else, you got to get, you know, you got to get charged more because now you have to go back through and, and sort of uh, redesign um, everything or rebrand everything instead of allowing, um, you know, knowing that your brand is going to evolve sooner or later um, and having something, uh, having an identity that sort of represents that. But um, so yeah, that's what I, that's how, that's the probably the best way I can answer that. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I know that you're you're really good with the clients when you work with them on branding. It comes with a whole uh, plethora of style guides because I don't think people actually understand that you know having a logo or a representation of who they are. If you're trying to merchandise and you're trying to put it on things, it, you have to know how to transfer it to those items correctly. Um, you know, and that could be size-wise, that could be, it needs to be in the correct format. And a lot of times if it's a kind of do-it-yourself, you know, that may be a struggle if you're trying to have shirts printed or different merchandising things and it's not in uh, the appropriate format for having that done. So I know there's just a lot that goes into, you know, the package that you offer for people that are actually doing the, the branding for their companies or businesses. Um, and that also kind of leads us into the clothing line that, that you started, um, Just Heart Apparel, which was established in 2019, um, has athleisure wear, street wear, team gear. Um, and if you could go into how that came about, um, the name, and then you also have a verse uh, that you use um, for uh, on, on, on several pieces of your clothing. Um, and then just kind of how that's evolved. I mean, you do a lot of team gear. Um, you do a lot of uh, support with a, a lot of the fighters. I mean, just different things of that nature. Um, and then just kind of where that came about and kind of where you see that going. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, that, that's one of my little little mutants that, you know, that that's evolved. I think a, a lot of the things that I create, I, you know, they're pretty much my little wild, little mutant experiments. And, and seeing, you know, how each one sort of evolves, um, you know, on its own. But yeah, Just Heart had started, um, you know, I've always, you know, obviously I've, I've been in, you know, design, but uh, it really, it really uh, transpired, you know, during a, you know, a tough part during my uh, college career and I got hurt and um, it actually knocked me out for the season. And, you know, uh, really um, was, I think for me, um, you know, depressed. I mean, I think that's probably a, a sort of a, a section in, in my my life and even the career where, yeah, it probably would have helped to have some kind of mental health um, therapist or someone on board that, you know, I, I could talk to about about that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it would it ha actually happened. That was pretty much like one of the lowest points in my, you know, in my career. And you know, I was hurt, you know, I was, you know, depressed, couldn't really do anything. Um, and yeah, I, I really, at that time I, I started getting back, um, you know, just reading and, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, reading the Bible and, you know, had probably one of the main verses that I had read was the, you know, Corinthians, um, 
Second Corinthians four sixteen, and you know, it just talked about you know that you know that you never lose heart, and you know that you're you know constantly being uh, renewed day by day, and, um, and I think that was something that sort of just sort of just stuck with me, and uh, I, I use that as the, um, the 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 basis and the foundation of of uh, of just heart. Uh, and that was really, you know, I, I think at that time that the seeds were already sort of planted. Uh, it really didn't come into fruition until later on. Um, but that was, that was the the, the um, sort of the the thing that was planted in, and um, you know, that's where it would uh, it, where just hearted had uh, was initially born. Uh, then, like I said, I, I, from then. Um, you know, getting, you know, connecting with uh, MMA fighters back, uh, actually back when I was in, you know, Tennessee and um, starting to do, um, you know, shirts for, for MMA fighters. And, you know, MMA was, was really, you know, growing and blossoming. And um, I think then everybody had a, you know, a t-shirt brand. And so, uh, yeah, sort of jumped into it. And I, like I said, I used uh, Just Heart um, as the, uh, the, the basis for it. And uh, I think that could, you know, that could be reflected on, on different different things, um, but um, yeah, that was that was how it how it started. Now, right now, it's like I said, still growing, and, and you know, it goes into um, just athleisure wear, street wear designs. Uh, I work with a lot of um, uh, sports teams. Uh, work with a lot of MMA athletes with their uh, branded merchandise. Um, so. A, a lot of fighters you may see may have the that just heart logo um you know on their shirts or you know uh wrestling teams that may have that just heart logo on their um you know on their team singlets um yeah I, i'm pretty much the the brainchild for for a lot of that and uh like i said and it's still it's still growing there's still a lot of things that i would i'd love to do with that and you know we'll see in the next you know 10 years to see where it you know where it evolves and, and grows into but that was the uh, basis for it. Well, you do have a lot of uh, the, the create what you love um, sweatshirts out there. See, a lot of people wearing them. Um, you also have um, a lot of the um, the shirts uh, as well as the leggings and stuff with the the be powerful. You know, the women's line. Um, I kind of call it the I am series, where it's just all these positive affirmations. Um, where did you? What made you want to start going in that direction as far as like just what you're saying on your attire? Um, yeah, I think that's been a, probably a, just a weird little uh, sort of unfoldment and just, you know, personal development. Um, you know, I, I know even back then, I mean, you would you would introduce me into into yoga and, you know, really jump into 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 different concepts. And, you know, starting to, you know, I think then even from from starting yoga and then, you know, starting to get into, you know, meditation and and um, you, you start to go when you start to introduce, um, you know, different different concepts into the, uh, you know, into the human mind. Um, there are certain things, neurons, things get connected. You know, you start going down that rabbit hole of uh, of searching. And you know you you want to find you know more more things or, or more concepts or um, you know things that maybe has been sitting there right in your face your face and you you just have to have that awareness to and perspective uh, perspective to be able to uh, to be open to those ideals and to uh, to receive them. So I, I think now um, you know even now I, I find myself 
jumping more into a lot of uh, you know spiritual uh, you know qualities with it, um, and having certain you know just certain meanings. So a lot of the designs that I, that I create have. Uh, you know certain meanings, or I want to be able to communicate certain certain things, and and probably some of the biggest ones. You know, obviously, you know, create what you love. Uh, you know, legacy over ego. You know, a lot of times I get some of the biggest questions, or I have a lot of people inquiring about you know about that. You know, they they love the design, but they 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 inquire about it more. Uh, I could have like little sayings that's on the you know back of my sweatshirts that people read, or you know little things like that. I want to be able to communicate. Um, you know, ideals and and things that, uh, that 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 resonate with the with the heart and you know the mind and, and soul uh, and communicate it and, and you know brand it in a way that um, that looks that looks cool. Um, you know, um, so I think I think that's where I'm I'm going with it. And you know, there's you know obviously things that you know I want to do with um, you know partner up with 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 organizations and. Um, you know, um, I, just, I just feel that's where I feel like just art is sort of leaning towards. So it, it definitely started out. I mean, I still work with the sports teams and and, and uh, MMA fighters, but I do see it uh, evolving more towards um, social movements or, or you know, uh, social outreach, uh, creativity, um, things with uh, spirituality or philosophy or, you know, just things of that manner. But communicating it and designing it in a way that I think could be mainstream. Well, I, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, uh, regarding the, the Just Heart and where it came from. You had mentioned, you know, back then, you know, it was a seed uh, when you were in college and having the verse and just kind of taking that some years later and de developing the clothing brand. Because you're currently working on a book that may never get published. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, your graphic novel slash novel with graphics, um, Seed. And... That has been in your sketchbook since I met you um, 23 years ago, and it has evolved um, tremendously. I think that, you know, you're a little bit stubborn, <clears throat> you know, back in the day with yoga. I think it took a couple of years before you even tried it. Um, yep. You kind of had a block there. Uh, yeah, being in the South, that happens. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but you did start opening up and it just, it almost was like a, a, a flood of desire to learn. Um, and it started, you know, transforming, I think a little bit of your novel um, and things you wanted in it. And that led to more research because you wanted to make sure what you were talking about was, you know, accurate and things that you're bringing to it was were things that people can look look up and research and say, oh, that's where he got that, pulled that from. Um, and so that's something you're still, you know, kind of researching and working on. Um, so if you're gonna explain a little bit of that and maybe the characters or the idea um, of the storyline, um, because anybody that really knows you in the series probably seen some of your promo material that I keep trying to make you not do because the book is not finished yet. <laughs> Uh, but so just kind of go into because I've read some of it and it just I, I'm ready to see it finished because it's just it has such an amazing you know story uh, so just tell us a little bit about that yeah um, I, and she she is right um, I, I, I do plan on, on completing this project like I said this is another little mutant I, you know what I, I am a 
<laughs> let's go back because I am I am a believer, and this is something that I actually talked about um, before with even I think one of my podcast guests or even um, with some of the speaking engagements is this the is the concept of of uh, breadcrumbs, and I, I really do believe that everybody has little. I think I think God, the universe, uh, you know who. Yeah, whoever you you pray to, I mean, I, I I do feel like they for each person, they they throw out um, little little breadcrumbs, um, little things that you know you you were probably you know <laughs> put on this on this planet to do, um, and for for whatever reason, uh, I think we end up sort of thinking that we we know our own way out. Uh, and then you know something happens, and you know those breadcrumbs are still there, and you ultimately you take the breadcrumbs and the and the trail, and it leads you into something crazy. Um, so I, I really think that you know everybody has those breadcrumbs, those things that you know you're you're supposed to be doing, and you know for whatever whatever reason, um, those reasons are up to you. We we don't take the breadcrumbs or we ignore them before they're too late, uh, before it's too late. Um, so I, I think with, with Seed, I've always been in comic books. Comic books have always inspired me. Um, even when I was little, I was already, that was my first, some of my first reading material was comic books. Um, you know, that was how I was able to uh, perceive the world and, and be inspired by, by something that may not be in my environment, you know, being inspired by all these heroes and uh, heroines and, and, and then at the same time, these amazing stories and these villains and these crazy situations. Um, you know, I, I think that's where initially it was, you know, that was the, the, the concept for, for Seed. Um, and, and, and like I said, Heather's, you know, said it before, you know, I, I've got sketches of, you know, some of my original uh, characters and, you know, uh, and I think for me personally, I'm glad I didn't start it then because what it's evolved to now is, um, you know, completely different from what it is. And I, I think for, for anyone that, you know, maybe, um, you know, starting a project or, or doing certain things, you know, sometimes um, those, you know, quote unquote seeds um, you know, sometimes it, it takes a minute for it to to plant and grow um, until it's actually fully fully realized. Um, now, personally for me, I would love to fully realize it this year. Um, but at the same time, too, you just I I am not in control of what um, God, what life, what the universe um, you know wants me to put out. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those where I think it's it's sort of fully, you know, it's starting to evolve into something that's um, from a superhero, quote-unquote, book to um, something where, you know, I think it pertains to, to just humanity and, uh, you know, maybe to uh, <laughs> figuring out something. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I, I think that's the story. And, you know, obviously I want to... Um, create a, you know, compelling story about it and, you know, and knowing that you've got these individuals that, you know, they're all on their, uh, on, on a certain journey and, you know, knowing that they have to, um, 
you know, band together in some form or fashion against something that, um, you know, perhaps has been in the shadows for, you know, for a very long time on, on the on the planet and, um, you know, uncovering certain things about Earth's history and past and and knowing where humanity is going to go. Uh, so I think I think being me, I've always been a a mad scientist or someone that, you know, I've told I told my wife before, you know, I've always wanted to be like a, a scientist or, or a researcher. And uh, so this was for me one of these to where I can pull all of my crazy hypotheses and concepts uh, into a into a book and and wrap it into a into a compelling story. Um, that's where I, I sort of seed. Uh, I'm sorry. That's where I, that's where I actually see seed um, becoming. And, so maybe uh, we could do book one and then more research. For additional books, like <laughs> no, gotta do something out there. Gotta gotta do more research, more research. Well, See, it, it's gonna be an ever evolving thing. Like we're never always gonna know everything, you know. And just waiting until you feel like that's taken place is just prolonging the part of the story that is intriguing right now and interesting and could serve a purpose. Currently, doesn't always have to have the perfect ending or the ending yet in the first book. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Probably right on that. Um, but I definitely want to get something out and something that, uh, you know, that appeals to, uh, I'm not going to say this book is for everyone, but uh, I, I do want it to uh, appeal to the people that, you know, maybe they, they, like I said, they love fantasy or, you know, they love sci-fi. And, and at the same time, too, it's got a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of sort of spiritual uh, undertones um, to it that I, I think would would appeal to to a lot of a lot of people. And I think at the same time, I mean, even with the artwork, um, probably the biggest thing that I've sort of noticed just with people that that's picked it up, picked up posters or picked up you know promotional artwork, is that they love the diversity of the characters. Um, I think that's been the the biggest thing. You know, they they see people that represent STEM in some form or fashion. Um, and I think that's even showing it to, to classes, you know, when I do speaking engagements and people, you know, everyone's connected with the characters, you know, people, they, they see the diversity and they like, they see them in the characters. Um, and I think that's something that's, that's really um, a, appealing and, and something that I, I wanna make sure that I, I keep. Uh, obviously I wanna do book one, um, and I, like I said, I do want to do other books in the future and then introduce other, other characters, um, in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's something to where I, I, like I said, I go back to those breadcrumbs, like, you know, you, you know, I could sit there and go back and look at sketchbooks and like, or ideals and like, well, why do, like, why am I creating this? Like, why am I creating, you know, just hard or, you know, <laughs> all the other ones? So I think for anyone that that might be um, listening to this, or you know maybe they have a, a idea or you know something that they've uh, you know been pondering on or something they've been maybe they sketched about or maybe they've spoken to someone about it. Um, you know, heck, why why not you? I mean, you <laughs> you've been you know given this this idea and you know you have to be the one to release it. Uh, in in some 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 form or fashion, so. Uh, yeah, we would like to 
see your release date soon. Um, and going, I'm going to skip a thing and, and I'm going to go on down because we're just kind of staying on the creative side. Um, one of the things I have down here is like you're, you're a storyteller to the grandkids, uh, which resulted in a lovable, kind of scary, marketable character, mush mush. And so if you want to just kind of go through that really quickly, like where they came from and what you've <laughs> you done with. I mean, and people that kind of follow you, they'll know they may see the cups or, you know, the pillows and you know, whatnot, but just kind of how, like you said, just that idea and just a made up story to entertain kids just, you know, became a little creature of its own. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's another, another little mutant of mine. Um, uh, actually, I would say all of ours because this, I'm, I'm going to go back and and sh tell people like how this was even started because like when I tell people the story they're like oh that's awesome and um, so like I said Mush Mush is a lovable little little character that um, that I developed that um, that I made up I actually made that up as a sort of a scary story for um, for the kids you know I he was one of those that that punished the the little kids that were acting bad and he would knock on their door and, and gnaw on their little toes. Um, you know, back then um, they, they were, you know, horrified of Mush Mush. And, um, but at the same time too, it, it, it sort of enthralled them uh, even more because um, they, they started asking more questions about Mush Mush and, and, um, and asking, you know, where he was at, you know, what's he doing, um, you know, how come he can't talk, you know? So I had to like, off the fly, like make up this whole um, incredible story about- And I have to interject that <laughs> one year they came out and it became a whole frenzy because we decided to get a pack of marshmallows and Ponto wanted to draw faces on them and leave them around the house, which became, I thought the police might get called because of all the screaming. Uh, and then the older <laughs> granddaughter found them and she started doing her own and started freaking out the other uh, brothers. And so it was just a whole plethora of things with mush mush. And so that's why they were always scared if it was going to be something that came to visit them because it was a physical form that year. Yeah, they, yeah, they, didn't, believe, <laughs> they didn't believe it until they saw it for their own eyes, uh, which, you know, I, I wish I could have recorded that on phone to see the horror on, on uh, some of the grandkids um, because there was a lot of screaming going on <laughs> when Mush Push popped up on the uh, on the table. Um, so, and even now, you know, every once in a while, even with them growing up, they still ask from time to time about, you know, about Mush Mush, you know, even though they, you know, they may have that sort of feeling like, well, he might be made up, but it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's been connected with them for so long um, that. I think they just play along. Yeah. I, so it, yeah, I think that's one of those where you know, I was like, I think that's one of those other little, um, you know, just breadcrumbs. You know, uh, I just it was a dumb story that I made up for the kids. I mean, kids loved it to death, and I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and I was like, this is actually a pretty cool character. Um, so I, I said, made, created some designs, uh, created some merchandise. I have coffee mugs and pillows and and all kinds of things, and you know. 
and I'll, I'll display it um, for, for purchase at different uh, vendor events and people pick up the, the coffee mugs all the time. You know, I made pillows, pick, people bought the pillows and it's just notebooks. It's just one of those to where, um, you know, the, the way that I created the character was already sort of cute. Um, but at the same time, once I tell people about the backstory, <laughs> about how Mush Mush was even created, uh, I think that connects with a lot of people even uh, even more. And um, so who knows? Like I said, there's there's a lot of things that I want to do, um, you know, that we we can definitely do with, with, with Mush Mush. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those where you just never know where those those ideals pop up. That's if you're in the practice of... of you know, wanting to create ideals. I think sometimes we we sit there and we look, or maybe we, we look at certain things on TV and, and wish you can, uh, wish they could make up something or wish they could do something like that. Um, I, I probably encourage people to figure out ways of, of just practicing, you know, practicing creating ideals. Um, it could be five minutes, it can be, you know, 10 minutes, but sort of a lot in that time to be able to like, hey, look, I'm just going to, Let's create something dumb. Let's just come up with dumb ideals and see what see what works. And you'd be surprised what pops off. Um, Spider Man was a dumb ideal until it you know until it sold out. I mean, Stan Lee started that comic book when he was about forty something. Um, the publisher wouldn't even go let him publish it. He thought it was a stupid idea until it you know it sold out. Um, and then the publisher said, "Hey, let's run with it." And you know where Spider Man is now. Um, so you you just never know like what your dumb ideals could be and what it can turn into um and then at the same time too knowing that hey if i'm i'm in a i won't say it's a, it's a great situation but what for for people that's maybe they're trying to develop ideals um you know i try to equate certain things to being able to actually execute on ideals if you have the ideal but you don't have the resources or talent it might be a little hard and you might have to figure out ways of getting those other two. Um, if you have the talent, but you don't have the resources, um, that could be equally as hard. So uh, with me being able to um, create this ideal and then at the same time have the resources to be able to produce it, that could be that could be having the knowledge of like, how do I get this on a coffee mug? How do I get this on t-shirts? Um, and then having the outlet to put it out. So I use Studio Ace, I use you know, the different um, vendor places and even having it up on online stores, I use that as the platform to be able to um, test that experiment and see what's working and then understanding what kind of feedback I get from it and then coming back with perhaps a new product. But that's something that you can do for your own, um, your own ideals, your own little uh, experiments and, and see what, what works for you. Well, and I would say, um you know you're out on social media and you actually kind of segue into another part is you do speaking engagements and you know you talk to different um groups whether it's you know schools organizations uh, for different things it could be for uh, entrepreneurship um it could be for the graphic design um and it could be for leadership you know one of the things that you know um i love about you is just that you know, you just, you suggest, but you support, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they want that constructive criticism and you're just more of like, you know, you feel it. There's not a wrong question. There's not a wrong answer. There's, you know, whatever you're drawn to, you know, see where it takes you and it, it may lead to the end. Then that's great that you're, you know, 
profitable or it may lead you in a different, more developed scenario. I mean, and it's just always one of those things where I think that may be why people are drawn to you a lot of times. And I can remember when I first met you, um, and I told you the story the other day where I start meeting people that know you and whether you introduce them or I just run into them and your name comes up. And it was just a constant, just nothing but utmost respect for you. And it was over and over again to the point where I was kind of getting annoyed because I'm like, nobody can be that universally liked. And it's still true. I mean, it really is. There's just nobody that meets you that's just not drawn to you in a positive manner that has just great things to say. And I think that that's what it is that you make people feel special as an individual and you make them feel like they can accomplish anything. Um, and saying that about design and creativity kind of leads me into the sports aspect because even with you coaching at the compound, you there every Wednesday doing a wrestling class for the fighters or people that just, you know, want to roll around. I mean, this is something that you're drawn to not just for the physical aspect, but just because of where you are, I think, um, spiritually, emotionally, and the things that you can bring to people that struggle not just with their physical goals, but their mental, emotional challenges. And you bring to them something to consider, uh, a different perspective to view. And, you know, like I said, you suggest and you support. And I think that's what people are drawn to is like there's no judgment you know there's no you should be doing this different I mean you may give them specific instructions as far as wrestling because you know there are things you don't need to do but I mean I just feel like that is what makes you such a unique you know awesome individual um but talking about wrestling again because you do that every week um you actually you you worked out a lot with Palomar college while they were in season you go up there you're taking a break now but you go up there off season to work out with them as well uh work with some of their uh team gear um and you also just finished a u.s open tournament in las vegas where you won the master division 88 kilograms um so we're going to talk about that for a minute uh this was not your first one you went there last year that was your first time freestyle since when? It had been since, really since college. college. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so last year, first year, got third? Yeah. Okay. This year, you won. First match was a pin. Next match, it's tech ball. Last match, tech ball. All in the first period. And you were never scored on. So that's great. That's amazing. You had Palomar coach in your corner helping you out. He had said, I don't know why I'm here. I don't think he needs me. Um, but just go through that because you actually had people that went this year as a result of you going last year. And now you have people wanting to go next year as a result of you going this year. And several people have just reached out to you and talked about how much you've inspired them. And I'm not sure, I mean, I love you so kind of used to it, <laughs> but I'm not sure if just you attempting and achieving or just the attempt or the dedication. I mean, it, it really does take a lot 
to stay in shape, but also to get in competitive shape at any age, really. But the older you get, it's challenging. But I'll have to say, I mean, I don't know what the age group is at the Masters, but it is amazing to see these veteran men out there wrestling. And, you know, it's almost like their teammates and, and even their wives carrying their bikes. I mean, they have to be 70s, 80s. I mean, it's just amazing to see that many generations and that many athletes just staying dedicated to compete. Um, so just kind of give me that rundown. And if you give a little bit about that and then just tell me what you did differently this year versus your preparation for last year's. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, she had, she had, you know, briefly talked about, you know, U.S. Open freestyle wrestling. Uh, yeah, so I was able to, you know, win, win it this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of people, um, you know, really, I, I feel like probably inspired by it. I think a lot of people was actually inspired by it, you know, last year. And it sort of gave them, you know, the maybe – I think for a lot of people, sometimes people like need to see something um, before it connects with them. Um, I almost it, you you almost call it a, it's actually called the um, you know the, the the Bannister effect, and what that is is uh, Roger Bannister. He was the first one that ran the four minute mile. Uh, everyone thought that was unbelievable, uh, couldn't be done until he actually done it, and then probably not even after a month later, twenty people was breaking the four the, the four minute barrier. Um, so I think for a lot of people, like some people just need to actually see it before it actually becomes a a a reality or maybe even uh, something that could be possible in their mind. Um, like an achievable goal. Yeah. So so yeah, for, for me being able to do that, um, you know, I, I wanted that to be um, obviously, you know, I'm I'm still in gratitude for still being healthy enough to be able to compete, but at the same time, too, um, you know, being that that example of of knowing that hey, you know what, you can still you can still actually you know compete. You can still do a lot of you know a lot of things that you've been wanting to do, um, and specifically for you know for for wrestlers because they've been intertwined with that sport for you know for a lot of people for you know since they were born. Um, you know, still feeling like, hey, you could put on the shoes and actually, you know, go out there and com compete. And I'm not going to say you're going to be top form or anything else like that. Um, but at the same time, too, I want you to understand that, you know, sometimes the, the, the story that we think is true could be completely false. Um, you know, for people to, to tell you, hey, you know what, after you hit, you know, 40, it, it goes downhill from there. Uh, it's completely, it's completely untrue. It's completely false. Like, what is like, what is your story? Like, what do you feel like is true um, to yourself? And so, yeah, there, there's people that, you know, they wouldn't have thought about doing it until I actually went out there and competed. And now, like, now they're wanting to go out there. Now I get messages saying, hey, you know what? You know what? I'm trying to get back in shape. I think I'm gonna jump into a tournament. Um, you know, you just have to have someone actually physically, maybe for a lot of people, do it. And then it makes it, you know, it makes it real or it makes it a possibility in their in their lives. And in the, and in that in that case, like it transforms everything else. Because then after that, you're like, well, what else could I do that I've been thinking that I couldn't do? Um, and so now you start playing, you start going down that rabbit hole and feel like, well, wait a minute, what have been what have I been telling myself that I, you know, that I thought was false or that I 
felt like I really couldn't do, and now I achieve it, well, what else could I really do? Um, I think that's where you start to open up, um, you know, different things. And so for for me, like I said, I, I, I really don't, you know, obviously, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not like in, you know, top college shape, but I, you know, I actually got a message from, uh, <laughs> from my old college coach and, uh, he saw the, saw the video and, uh, he, he put a post out or something saying that, uh, I could have beat my, my younger self. And, uh, you, you, you were very hesitant. Yeah. So I, I think now, um, I thought, yeah, I probably could. I mean, he was probably, but the younger version of me was probably in more in shape, but I feel like now I'm so much more knowledgeable and so much more confident in my abilities, um, that I, I would, I would have beat him. Um, and I think it's one of those where I think that goes into just learning how to grow and feeling like because you stopped at a certain age or maybe you stopped competing, um, that you're necessarily, you're still growing in some form or fashion. That's if you want to grow, but um, there's still more room. There's still things that you can learn. There's still things that you need to unlearn. And there was things that even with my training um, that I went back to and I learned a lot of, a lot of little things, um, you know, um, you know, specifically, you know, uh, being able to, you know, train, you know, as far as me training and working out, there's a lot of little things um, you know, mindset things that I, I wanted to sort of fine tune. There was a lot of, uh, even with, with my uh, conditioning, um, there were specific things that I was trying to do because now that first year competing, um, you know, I really wasn't sure the pace of the matches. I really wasn't sure the whole layout, like how everything was set up. Um, but coming in, I already had a comfort factor. I knew how things were going to be. Uh, I knew the pace of the matches. Um, so training specifically, you know, for that and understanding, you know, with me, I did a lot of sprint work, a lot of incline work, uh, but I was doing things specifically to where I can see how fast I can raise my heart rate up and then how fast it drops back to a, to almost like a steady state. Um, so it was easier for me to be able to maybe go through a takedown and then feel, you know, I'm fine. Like my heart rate isn't about to, you know, my heart's about, <laughs> not about to explode out of my chest. Um, and then uh, I worked a, a lot, um, even when I was training with my breath work. So I was doing a lot of, lot of training to where I was uh, even wrestling and, and, and doing cardio and things like that. I was specifically keeping my mouth closed and making myself sort of force everything through my nose um, to where it helped with my oxygen levels and uh, helped with a lot of just learning how to stay calm. Um, and that, that had always been one of the, the, the big things, um, even when I was competing in college, was my nerves and anxiety and 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 in that, you know, facet, you know, I froze up a lot when I if I had relaxed and just wrestled, I probably would have didn't you know, performed a whole lot better. Um, so and then there were specific things that I did. Uh, I did a lot of stuff with my with my footwork. Um, actually, you know, doing some some therapy stuff on my feet from what I've talked uh, to my wife about. And um, so physically, I mean, I felt I felt great this go around. Um, and uh, yeah, I did a lot of stuff with my positioning and footwork, um, conditioning and everything. Everything went, went good. Um, so uh, even me tracking my weight, um, I actually managed my weight from the last year to where the weight cut really wasn't as bad as what it was uh, last year. So I was already starting from a good spot. All I had to do was up my, you know, dial in my nutrition, up the workouts, and um, just be smart with, with what I'm doing with a lot of stuff. And um, 
So yeah, it was easier on me as far as my actual um, uh, weight management. So uh, yeah, I think it was just a culmination of all those things. And then uh, I came in there, um, you know, just ready, ready to go. I had that, I mean, I told uh, Heather, I mean, I felt, I felt more comfortable. Like I didn't, feel, I, I, I had the little nerves and anxiety. I think that's just whenever you're in competition mode, like you're, you're ready to go. But I had that sort of comfort level uh, and it definitely helps with people coming in that wasn't there last year. Um, from people that had seen me or watched me compete and now they jumped in there. So I had that, you know, that comfort to where like I had people around me, um, thankful to, uh, you know, to my buddy, um, Kenneth Hammonds, to, uh, Ken Chertow, Coach Box with Palomar, um, all, the, all them were in my, in my corner. And, um, so having that comfort level and knowing that I had, had people in my corner, obviously my, my wife, she's always there, uh, being supportive, um, and uh, so, yeah, and then, like I said, I, I, I had people that I could train with while I was there. Oh, also thankful to uh, American Wrestling Club that's in Henderson. Thank you again um, for our Coach Trick and um, his, his wrestling gym uh, for, for me being able to go in there and work out, jump in the, <laughs> in the, in the sauna and do what I need to do um, and in order to uh, prepare for the, um, for the tournament. So. And, I, and I have to say, um, you need to give a shout out to Travis. Uh, oh yeah! Because uh, this guy, this wonderful buddy, drove you all the way to Palomar. Uh, not Palomar. No, Paul. yeah, yeah. I did also tra so car cross train with Cal Poly too, and he he drove me drove me up there. And he tweaked his knee. Yeah, and, that was and, and another, uh, another that, awesome person that just loves you to death and didn't get upset over it at all. I w I felt bad about it. I didn't mean to. I mean, I I had him wrestling. Like I said, we get into a leg lace situation. So in freestyle wrestling, you've got certain locks that you can do, and leg laces are one of them. And I had him had his uh, legs sort of laced up and um, trying to turn them, and I he had tweaked his knee in the progress while we were wrestling. He um, tweaked it, did he? Well, he tweaked it, oh. and. Uh, but it, so it's one of those. I felt I felt bad about that because I know he he really wanted to work out and train with me, and uh, so that's been my training my training buddy for for a good year. And he's actually helped me out so much because he's he's bigger than me. I'm I'm gonna say he's probably when I'm cutting weight he's got about thirty plus pounds on me. Um, but it helps so much because once I deal with someone that's my size, it's so much easier um, to deal with someone. So. Um, so yeah, like I said, always thankful for for my buddy Travis uh, for for training with me. <laughs> okay, um, and so wrapping up the conversation with wrestling, um, there was a difference in your finals match on your attire. Um, do you want to go into was it the shoes? Yeah, it's, it's got to be the shoes. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, I I'd um, I'd put on I had some shoes for the specifically for the finals. Um, if I made it to the final, so I had had the shoes, and um, yeah, I, I recently partnered up with a, uh, a good friend of mine with uh, B Money, uh, Beast in Athletics, and and um, working on affordable, high quality wrestling shoes for the uh, for the wrestling community. So uh, for people that don't know, uh, obviously you've got your big brands um, like Nike, Adidas, Rudis. Um, and uh, other brands, but really trying to find something that was uh, a really nice looking, high quality shoe that even the, you know, th that people could afford, that people that maybe they're, maybe they're trying to 
be it, maybe they're getting introduced into wrestling, um, trying to find something that's going to be affordable for them um, and not break the bank. Because, you know, if, you, if you're a wrestler and you know some of those shoes are really expensive, um, they feel great. They're, they're, they're really good, but some of them can be expensive. Um, so we're trying to find shoes that's not going to break the budget, break your, uh, you know, just burn all your money. But we, we do want to find something that's going to be high quality that, um, that your kids can be introduced into. And then at the same time, too, you know, if, even if you want to pass them on or, or, you know, you could, you know, a lot of people love to uh, collect them. Um, you know, those can be collect, uh, collector items. Um, but we are working on a, uh, I, I wore the version ones um, that was recently released. Um, version twos are coming out. Uh, they should be arriving here in the next two weeks. Um, so we'll have the version twos out. So uh, yeah, I recently partnered uh, with, with that with that company and, and, and helping to build the, the, the brand development and the identity and, and creating a mascot. Um, for that, so um, yeah, it's, it's it's a sort of one of those little um, you know ventures. So we'll we'll see where that that goes. But uh, like I said, I think I've always been sort of intertwined with, with wrestling for for the most part of my life, and um, and with me having the, the 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 ability or the talent to to be able to create things, you know, I want to be able to uh, uh, help in some form or fashion um, with with uh, with wrestling and and helping wrestlers. And so finishing up with um, the wrestling event, um, I know the next day after adrenaline kind of started to die down, uh, you're still getting some messages um, from social media. And um, I know you made the statement that, you know, you just were not able to call and share this with your mom. So I just wanted to end on, you know, you may be uh, mentioning the scholarship that you have set up, um, what it's about. Um, what it's for and a little bit about your mom's passing. Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely definitely a, a shock to the system. Um, you know, for, for people that don't know, I, I said my, yeah, my mom had passed away on New Year's night. And um, so, yeah, it was uh, really, you know, abrupt for, you know, for the, the family, the whole family. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just felt like, you know, she, she had always been in, in art and creativity and, and um, you know, she's always in arts and crafts, always, you know, building things for uh, events and, and weddings. And um, and I always hope, you know, um, that while she was alive, she was able to, um, you know, really have the chance to be able to sort of show her um, her skills and talents, um, which which she was she was able to. Uh, but I really feel like, um, you know, a lot of people wasn't wasn't aware of how creative she actually was, and and um, you know I've mentioned before, you know she's she's one of my first um, art teachers, and and just the the way that I process things with, with my art and um, design work and and uh, just creativity and in, in, in general, um, she had started me on that on that road um, when I was young, um, so being able to you know make you know collages and paper mache fortresses you know from my little gi joes and being able to create like little um you know i used to make like little um dolls little stuffed dolls with uh newspaper in them and i would draw and make these characters and then i would have the story to go along with it um you know i had like five six page stories that you know my elementary teachers would put on the board uh for you know for people to read um so like all that stuff, 
you know that that's always been you know been a, been a part of me. I mean, I even doing the the old school you know 4-H posters. You know, I would like I would win the poster contest like all the time. Um, you know, so like I've always been I've always been in been in art. Um, that that's always been a part of me, and that's something that you know I was I was glad she was uh, you know able to uh, you know pass on uh, to me and. And hopefully I can, you know, I can do that to, uh, you know, future generations. Um, but yeah, um, you know, with our passing, you know, I, you know, I just felt like it was a, a really good idea to, uh, you know, create some kind of uh, memorial, you know, scholarship in her name. So it's the, um, you know, the Shelley, Shelley Langford um, Memorial uh, Scholarship. And it's really geared towards um, people that's in the high school seniors, that's in the creative arts, and uh, that's looking to pursue, um, their pursue their the things that they love um, in in higher education. So um, we uh, we're actually uh, awarding students, um, you know, a, a annual um, scholarship and and uh, you know Studio Ace uh, Arts. That's a organization here in Oceanside. You know, they they've um, you know helped me out tremendously as far as like what things I need to consider with the with the scholarship, but. Um, you know, people that's that's interested and may want to donate next year for the scholarship fund, you can donate through them, um, and um, you know that that helps out the scholarship. But um, so yeah, we're we're awarding students a um, an annual scholarship, and it, it, that's just something where I felt like that's probably one of the best things I can do to honor uh, my mom, and, and something that um, you know that's gonna outlive um, outlive her, um, and I think that's. I think that's something that all of us would want to do is figure out ways of creating um, some kind of legacy or creating something that's going to outlive our, our physical lives. And, you know, I really, you know, even with me, you know, winning this and, you know, all the things that, uh, you know, that I do or create or, you know, doing these speaking events or, you know, the, the, the lives that I touch, you know, coaching or, or teaching or any of that, um, yeah, I, I always do. You know, even now, I, you know, it's like I wish I was, you know, <laughs> wish she was here to, to where I can, you know, talk to her. Uh, but I, I think she, she's always around. I think she, you know, probably gives me those little hunches or, you know, things to, you know, let me know that, you know, I'm, I'm around. So. Well, thank you, Quinto. Um, and I hope that that, you know, kind of sheds some light on you as an individual um, and I guess people know how they can reach you if they, they want to contact you for uh, any aspects of the conversation for thoughts or questions, uh, comments, or help in any of the, the various areas that you, you work in. <laughs> yeah, different, different ways of reaching out to me. You can go best way, um, reach out to me on Instagram at Quantel Langford. Um, that's probably the best way, but um, depending on what you're needing, um, yeah, if you're if you're looking for design services, you know you can go to um, go to langforddesign.com, um, go to the contact page, or you can email info at langforddesign. One day, I'll combine info at langforddesign.com, um, or just shoot me a text. Um, you know, a lot of people send me <laughs> usually sending me text about different uh, different projects or ideals or whatnot. So. Um, you know, I'm not going to put my my text my text number and the my cell phone number on the podcast there, but I, I will put it um, in the show notes uh, as far as contact uh, to contact me. And then, if you're interested in a um, 
people that's anyone that's interested in a speaking engagement uh you want to see me there at your um, at your place or maybe doing some kind of workshop or uh or anything like that um for inquiries um you can also e email me um at info at Langford design um or shoot me a message uh at pointo Langford on instagram so um on that uh Thank you to my wife, Heather, for being a, uh, a lovely, lovely host. And uh, this is her, actually, her first foray into uh, podcasting. And she was a, a great guest. I mean, I'm sorry, not a great guest, but a great host. Um, and, and asked some, some great questions. And uh, everything went smoothly. So uh, hopefully, we, you know, we may do some, some future ones here uh, with, with me and her. And, and um, so i like to get her out there, too, as well. She actually has a... Um, uh, massage business that she's that she's growing. So she's a certified massage therapist, and her business is called uh, the Touch Holistic Therapy. And um, so, yeah, you know, people, you know, that may be inquiring uh, about ways of, um, you know, helping, maybe uh, helping their their way of life. Maybe they're they're struggling with a with a disability, or or helping or hurting with some kind of. Um, um, uh, body issue and, and they're just trying to get back to a, uh, a better way of mobility and, and you know want to feel better about their lives um, you know I will leave her email in the uh, in the show notes too as well for, for people that might be uh, interested in massage services and that's in uh, Oceanside California so if you're uh, available in that area um, you know give her an email and uh, let's see if we can get something get an appointment going so um, I want to do a, a special little shout out for, for her as well. So, but, um, as always, um, this episode will be available, uh, in various ways. So you can check this out on, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, or, um, uh, Apple podcast. And then for the, uh, platform members, for people that if you want to figure out ways of supporting the show, go to www.buymancoffee.com forward slash the creator brew um this episode will release you'll get this episode before uh everyone else does so um other than that be creative stay inspired